Blog Talk Radio. Jacksonville, Florida. Thanks for listening to Eastern Airlines Talk Radio. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show, and we have a great show for you tonight. And to all the listeners around the world, we say welcome. Join us as we celebrate the life of Eastern Airlines every Monday at 7 p.m. from his home in Martha's Vineyard to his winter home in West Palm Beach. He's taking his time and for sure that he's visiting friends along the way. Be safe now, Jim, and come back to us real soon. I'm coming to you live from my home, village of Sparta, with the weather right now, 72 degrees. Welcome, and thank you for listening and calling the show. You have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say that we've become Eastern Airlines International Radio Show with over 50 countries listening in. So we simply say, hello world. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world. During the broadcast, if you haven't called a show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and just say hello and talk to us on the air live every Monday evening. We can identify with many countries around the world who listen in with our blog talk radio applications. We're happy that you're using the cyber radio station. We keep the Eastern legacy going out to not only the Eastern family, but to the listeners from many different countries around the world. That's what we try to do every week on the Eastern radio show. Won't you join us by adding your voice to these broadcasts? Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.easternradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Now I want you to remember to abbreviate the word 
captain to CAPT. Should you wish to call during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for our Monday night visit, 213-816-1611. By now, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. It's now up to 1,032. That is really great. Wow, we're glad to have you on the air with us. Don't forget you can listen to any of our 437 regular Monday night broadcasts and 100 plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. That's Captain E-E-D-I-E. Rolling down through the archives of the broadcast. Each episode is briefly described. We're now over 550 episodes, now including Eastern Airlines music and history. Our lines are always open for the calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our host, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out background noises. I see we're number one for takeoff, so Captain... Let's get Eastern Flight 437 in the air. Tower Blur is 650 volt. 50, 27 left, put a land, 230. that doesn't plan for the future may not have one. Five years ago, Eastern saw the future in a remarkable aircraft. Now it's here. The new Boeing 757, the most advanced, most fuel-efficient commercial jet ever built. It's going to help Eastern hold down the cost of flying for years to come. We earn our wings for you. Phase water landing is uh, used as an euphemism for crash landing in the water. An aircraft not designed for pur- that purpose, an event formally termed formally turned ditching. In this case, the flight crew knowingly makes a controlled emergency landing on water. Ditching of a commercial aircraft is a rare, very rare occurrence. On May the 5th, 1983, a Lockheed L-711 Tristar registered in 334 Echo Alpha, operating as Eastern Airlines Flight 85 en route from Miami International Airport to Nassau International Airport, experiencing the loss of all three engines eventually near Miami, Florida. Well, actually, it was quite a ways out from Miami, Florida, over the Caribbean. Let's listen to this reenactment of the events with the late Captain Steve Thompson. Being himself, he was actually the one you're going to be hearing, and he was in the right seat as the instructor captain for a new captain on the 1011, Captain Richard Dick Body. He had to qualify for the left seat of this aircraft.
yes, sir. We had a precautionary shutdown on number two engine. Say again, Eastern 855, you need any special handling? Uh, negative, sir. We're okay right now. Eight minutes elapsed from the moment where they had gotten the first warning of low oil pressure on the number two engine when the same warning from the number three came, and a few seconds later, the same from number one. They all exchanged looks. Strange, all three engines could not have got the same problem. The flight engineer looked at his instrument panel and the oil quantity indicators. He did not believe his eyes. The needles of all three indicators were pointing at zero. The oil tanks looked like they were empty, but the engines are still turning normally. Thus, they assume that this is an indication problem. But it is not possible that the low oil pressure indicators are faulty as well. They don't want to accept this. They don't take it seriously. They are suspecting that an electrical problem gave them all these strange indications. Captain Thompson in the right seat quickly turned his communications to the company's technical base frequency in Miami. Miami Tech Eastern 855. Do you read? We've been noticed. Eastern 855, we've been notified and have been listening to your communications. Okay, uh, go ahead. My tech service, uh, we have some rather serious indications. We have all three oil pressure and quantity indications on all, all engines reading zero. Now, we believe these to be faulty indications. However, this is our indication in a cockpit. Is there a common source electrically-wise? I would suggest you have, you have the, uh, the second officer check all circuit breakers in the CB panel. Uh, Roger on that, and uh, he's done the scan on all, and they're all in the normal positions. He found the suspect one, and he's pulling them out now and pushing them back in to reset just in case. Give us just a minute for that. Okay, Miami, we've had no luck. There's been no changes. Miami Center, this is Eastern 855 Heavy. We have some rather serious indications. We have indications of all three oil pressure and on all engines down to zero. Right now, we believe it to be a faulty indication since the chance of all three engines having zero oil pressure and quantity is almost nil. However, that is our indications in the cockpit at the present time. Okay, fine. Why don't you turn right about 15 degrees? We'll give you direct to Miami. Maintain your present altitude or whatever altitude you might want. We're just going to have the emergency equipment standing by anyway for you. The circumstances in the flight deck are not extreme since the two engines are still running. But it will not take long for a bad situation to turn into a nightmare. However, the hard truth is there. The right engine suddenly with a loud bang, like a cannon shot, followed by a howl coming from nowhere, denied offering any more of its services. The parameters in the gauges as well are, are dropping to zero. The crew realizes that, unfortunately, the indications are only too true. Miami Center, Eastern 855. We have just lost our number three engine. 
Okay, you've lost the number three engine, but you have the other two engines turning. Is that correct? Negative, sir. We only have one engine operating now, the number one engine. We've lost numbers two and three, and we only have one turning now, and we're going to try to restart that number two engine. Hey, Dudley, just dump the fuel down to Slimbum. Okay, Steve, starting to dump right now. Genesis switch, fuel dump switch, Genesis now. Miami Center does not ask further questions. Now what comes first is for the plane to reach the ground safely. They send away all the inbound flights. They do not clear the departing aircraft to take off. And all the emergency equipment at the airport are in alert. Okay, fine, we're listening. You're current direct to Miami. Miami altimeter is 2989, and you can descend at your discretion to any altitude you want. You are cleared of all traffic. Okay, now, and how about vectoring us direct to a west runway as you can? 27 left will be fine. The squawk of Eastern 855 appears in the radar screen approaching the airport, and they have been switched over to Miami Approach. They are left with only the number one engine operating and with the realization that it would fail soon. Okay, your position right now is about 70 miles southeast of Miami. With that speed, you're 14 minutes out, heading 285-285 for Miami. Doug, how about calling the flight attendants to the flight deck and let's inform them that they should prepare the passengers and cabin crew for ditching. Captain Thompson will always remember the look on the faces of the other two pilots and the three flight attendants who came to the cockpit. The color of their skin was stark white, as he was sure his face was, as a result of the adrenaline pumped into their bloodstream. At 9.33, they lost their one and only operating engine from an altitude of 13,000 feet and only the APU operating, they had no chance of reaching land without starting an engine. Miami Eastern 855, we're losing another engine right now. Our third and last remaining engine. Thompson's voice, as suited for a professional, is heard incredibly calm, indicating he is not allowing panic to conquer him. He knows very well that panic is the worst companion, particularly when flying. However, the most probable, Captain Thompson, same as the other two people on the flight deck, did not even have the sense of fear. Not because they were not aware they were in grave danger, but because things were unfolding faster than normal, driving them into such a high level of alertness that fear had passed into a secondary place. Uh, Eastern Flight 55, Coast Guard is coming towards you now. We have placed the airport in full alarm, and the emergency plan is in force. Coast Guard vessels are heading out to you in case you need to ditch. You may also see a Coast Guard Falcon jet in the air to meet you. Dudley, call the senior flight attendant up for a briefing on our situation and a possibility of ditching. Yes, sir. I, I understand the seriousness of our situation. Uh, I'll go through the review with all the cabin crew regarding the emergency ditching and landing procedures. I'll come up and let you know when they've been briefed and are readiness. 
She got a lump in her throat, her heart jumped, her blood began to flow faster in her veins, her nerves stretched. All these, however, did not last for long. Now it was time to do what she had learned during the training in the ground school, and no one believed that they will ever need to. She recollected all of her remaining feelings of calmness and came out from the flight deck. She assembled the cabin crew and spoke to them in plain English, reminding them their duties. Time was pressing. So the captain is not sure whether he will be, a whether will be a ditching or landing at the airport. I guess that means a full briefing of doors, slides, rafts, life vests, lighting, etc. I worked with the other cabin crew members as I was once an instructor for emergency procedures. May the good Lord watch over all of us. Very good, Christine. Okay, I'm going to make the announcement. I sure hope the passengers will remain calm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your senior flight attendant. We know that you're concerned about our present situation. However, please allow us to reassure you that all in the, you are all in the capable hands of our trained professionals. So please listen carefully to the following instructions. The captain has instructed your flight attendants to prepare the cabin for an emergency landing. Your crew is trained for this type of emergency. We'll be landing in approximately 12 minutes. With your attention and cooperation, we'll do everything possible to prepare for this emergency landing. Once we've landed safely or have ditched the aircraft, we will let you know if it's necessary to evacuate the aircraft. At this time, we ask that you please return to your seat and buckle your seatbelt. Please bring seat backs and tray tables to the upright and locked position. Place armrests in the down position and open window shades. The flight attendants will now point out usable exits and exit path lights, which will illuminate to guide you to an exit. Identify the two exits nearest you. The nearest exit may be behind you. A life vest is located under your seat. Remove this vest from the container by pulling on the tab. Remove the vest from the pouch. Unfold the vest and slip the vest over your head. Pull the straps from the back and attach in front. Now adjust the strap around your waist. Do not inflate your vest until you leave the aircraft. The vest can be inflated by pulling down on the red tab. It can also be inflated by blowing into the red tube as you will see your flight attendants demonstrating. A light will activate automatically once you're in the water. For those of you traveling with 12 children, the flight attendants will come through the cabin and assist you. For the brace positions, please take the card in your seat pocket out now. Let's review the brace positions and exit locations on the card. Just before landing, we will tell you to brace, brace, brace. This will be your signal to take the brace position. You must remain in this position until the aircraft has come to a complete stop. The flight attendants will now demonstrate the brace positions. Cross your arms, place your hands on the seat back in front of you. Lean forward and place your head on, the, on your arms. Place your feet flat on the floor. If you're unable to assume this position, lean forward as you can, as far as you can, and wrap your arms tightly under your legs with your head down. Practice this now as the flight attendants go through the cabin. 
Flight attendants will now brief those at the emergency exit. We ask firefighters, police, military personnel, and non-revenue crew members to please identify yourselves to a flight attendant at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, the flight attendants will now come through the cabin to ensure we're prepared for landing. The crew's next task was to control and suppress the passengers' fear so that it would not turn into panic. Something like that could be catastrophic. Under these circumstances, what counts is what has been gained and acquired through experience and systematic training. With a cool voice, you explain to the passengers all the processes. This practice had some kind of certain results, but some of them are more than expected nervous. The crew members are dealing with them. She is checking for the crew to get in their right positions, and then she is giving the last instructions for the opening of the doors, the life raft inflation. Everything is ready. The engines are indifferently silent. The plane continues descending towards the ocean. Ten minutes elapsed from the moment the low oil pressure warning light came on and just a few minutes since the number three engine ceased operation. The huge airplane is just a glider without hope. The so familiar noise of engines was replaced by the creepy whistling of the air. At least they had electrical power, hydraulic pressure, and air conditioning supply. The APU is doing a good job, but is it enough? No, it is not enough to reach the airport of Miami if they do not restart at least one engine. The workload in the flight deck is incredibly high. The cockpit became narrow. Their mind is not clear at all. The fatigue of such overstress resulted in having difficulty thinking clearly about tasks that needed to be accomplished. They needed to dump fuel, communicate with the passengers, flight attendants, ATC, as well as preparing for ditching. The worst case scenario is the most probable. Eastern 85, Keep me advised of your intentions, and we will keep you on here as long as we can. Approach is also watching you at the same time. You're about 20 miles west of Bimby right now and 49 miles southeast of Miami. Bowman stop at your speed. The answer that comes from Thompson's lips is hiding between the words of realism that, however, give birth to pessimism. It is the hard truth. Senator, we don't believe we can make land. Would you give us directions and point us to the closest land point, please? This man from Miami Center can only do just a few things, but he is living together with them the agony of survival. Okay, 855. Just straight in about the best you can do right now and the way it looks here. In the flight deck, three persons, and in the cabin of the airplane, 176 souls are face-to-face -face with their fate. The scale is loaded on one side with the harsh game of their fate, and on the other side with the crew's skills, but nothing more. Would they be so lucky so as to at least have the scale balanced? It is here that a clear mind is needed. After repeated unsuccessful attempts to restart number two engine, and after number one engine failed, Steve and Dudley once again go through the procedures to restart the number two engine 
in what may be their last chance to get the center engine back into service to provide the forward flight from ocean to runway. Hey, Dudley, how are you doing now on a restart of that number two engine? Steve, I don't have, I'm not having any luck with it. All right, Dudley, I want you to take that engine and flight restart checklist and go through every word and do exactly what it says. Steve, that's exactly what I've been doing. Eastern Flight 855 continues its descent through 4,000 feet, and after an unsuccessful attempt to even don their life vests, the crew is sitting in their seats awaiting water impact. Steve turns to Dudley and says, Hey, Dudley, let's try the number two engine one more time. This time, they do not use the checklist. Are you all set? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Let's see what happens. Uh, hey, Dudley, I think uh, we didn't maybe didn't open the isolation valve when we were trying on the, using the checklist later. Let's make sure it's open now. All right, here we go. I'm going to press the start switch. The flight crew succeeded in restarting that one engine, number two engine. It provided enough thrust, even though it was smoking as they came in over land toward the runway, it was still giving them enough power to make the runway at Miami International Airport. Good job, guys. Wow. Well, in six minutes, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 went from a boring flight, tray tables were up and locked, seats were upright positions, Captain Chelsea Scully Schellenberger and his first officer, Jeffrey Skyle, managed to carefully set an Airbus A320 in the waters between the jagged outlines of New York City and New Jersey, pulling off a feat of emergency maneuvering. It was called the miracle on the Hudson, and the pilots were particular attention to Snellenberger were called true heroes. And for good reason, of course, the pilots were working with extremely limited resources. Both engines on the plane were completely disabled after hitting a flock of geese, which meant that the pilots had to essentially glide the plane to safety. And despite what might sound like a gentle paper plane-like float, keep in mind, aircraft was shuddering and the cabin was starting to fill with smoke. Despite hearing about the possibility of a water landing, every time we hear the safety spiel on an aircraft water landing, which aviation folks distinguish from water crashes, are quite unusual. One older report pegged our, their occasion in the U.S. is about 12 to 15 per year. Flight instructor Steve Ulrich is an airline transport pilot, advanced gold seal flight instructor at Northwest Flight School, based out of Spokane, Washington. Lowry said Captain Schellenberger's water landing, ditching, and aviation jargon was exceptional both due to how extremely skilled the pilot was and how infrequently ditching occurs. 
They are very rare, particularly in multi-engines and airline transport airplanes because the regulations that they operate under demand certain amount of equipment redundancy, Lowry said. In fact, pilots don't even train for them in flight simulators. There's no provision in the simulator for training in a water landing because if you try to simulate it, the response is that the plane crashes. Lowry's pointed out, but it doesn't mean that the pilots were just winging it, Jim. Yeah, thank you. The way we train for water landings is through a comprehensive ground school, Lowry says. And that ground training, he explains, includes learning the real nuts and bolts of ditching an airplane. Landing on a grassy, glassy mirror of water sounds great, but we all know that bodies of water aren't smooth. Waves and currents are going to affect the airplane's touchdown, and they can bend the aluminum skin of an aircraft quite easily. That means the plane's belly isn't as capable of cushioning the blow it, it can be when crashing on a harder surface like the runway. Wind will affect how well the ditching goes, too. Ideally, airplanes take off and land into the wind because ditching into the wind provides the lowest speed over the water, and that's what you want. Therefore, the lowest impact damage. Landing into a breaker, for example, is going to be like running into something solid. It's more likely to cause extreme damage to the airplane and a violent deceleration with uh, bad implications for the passengers. Pilots follow meticulous checklists for different procedures and emergencies. Ditching a plane in water is no different, although, of course, what you can do depends on the time, actual time, that you have. If you have a chance to reduce the weight in the airplane, you can reduce your landing speed. Therefore, the slower you strike the water, the happier you're going to be. And now, our producer found the sound clip of the final minutes before impact in the movie Sully. I don't think we can make any runway. Uh, what about over to our right? Anything in New Jersey, maybe Teterboro? Okay, yeah, off your right side is Teterboro Airport. LaGuardia departure, got emergency inbound. This is Teterboro Tower, go ahead. Uh, Cactus 1549 of the GW Bridge. Needs to go to the airport right now. Check. So do you need assistance? Yes, bird strike. Can I get him in for runway one? Relight up to 30 seconds in your master one and two. Confirm off. Off. Wait 30 seconds. Too low. Terrain. Too low. Terrain. Too low. Terrain. Too low. Terrain. This is the captain. Brace for impact. 500. We can't make it. Okay, which runway would you like to see to Go ahead, try number one. Number one. No relay. We're going to end up in the Hudson. Too low, terrain. I'm sorry, say again, Cactus? Too low, terrain. Too low, terrain. 
left zone. Put the left zone. Left zone. Cactus 1549 radar contact call. Uh, you also got Newark off you at 2 o'clock at about 7 miles. Got left zone. 250 feet in the air. 70 knots. Got no power in either one. Try the other one. Try the other one. 49. Still out? Got left two. You want more? No. Let's do it. You got runway 29 available at Newark. It'll be 2 o'clock at 7 miles. You got any ideas? Actually, no. Another huge advantage to Flight 1549's landing. Everyone was still buckled in, he says. Passenger preparedness is critical to keeping folks safe on impact. Just as we heard earlier in the sound clip of EAL Flight 855, the senior flight attendant going through the details of a ditching to her passengers so it is necessary to read all checklists to prepare for the unexpected. Well, uh, that's the sound clips. Uh, One sound clip that we played earlier, 855, was done by uh, Steve Thompson, who passed away a couple of years ago, a great host for the EAL radio show and um, uh, the... uh, the other members of the cast, I can't recall all of their names now. Margaret Bars was the flight right. attendant. and uh, But uh, they all did a great job of, uh, of dramatizing uh, the story that was written about 855. And, of course, if you haven't seen uh, Sully, then you by all means should see that movie. It's a great movie and how fast the crew, in this case, uh, Sully, played by Tom Hanks, uh, um, how how quickly they responded to the emergency that they had. And um, Jim, do you have any uh, points you want to bring out about? uh, I don't think you've ever ditched in water. I know I haven't, and uh, always concerned about it, but uh, never had that experience. No, Neil, uh, I haven't ditched either, and uh, I'm just as glad that it never happened to me. I, I think, I don't know if I told you before, but that eastern flight going to Nassau, I was about two hours behind it. I was the captain on a flight going to Nassau, and uh, they we were going to take off on time, and they came and said, no, hold off, hold off. we got some more passengers coming in for you. And we said, what do you mean? You know, well, okay. So about 20 minutes later after departure, the passengers started getting in, and they were telling the flight attendants that they just was on an airplane that all the engines quit. And 
decoy. We didn't have any idea, and so we called Ramp Tower, and they told us, yes, that's exactly right. You know, and they got number two engine running and got on in. Now, it's my understanding a lot of the passengers was on 55-sided. They didn't go to Nassau after all. And uh, But a lot of them that did ended up going with us. <laughs> I'll tell you, I went back and talked to a couple of them. They said it scared the hell out of them. And I said, well, it was me, too, if it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a lot of a lot of uh, listeners on my board here. Any comments by anyone out there? We have uh, some from Atlanta and, and other locations. So if you'd like to make a comment about what you've heard tonight about ditching, that's our program about ditching. And um, like uh, we said earlier in the script that uh, you don't actually train in the simulator, but uh, we do have one uh, procedure that we can expect on every check ride, and that is what we used to call, I don't know what they call it now, all engine failure. All engines failure. You remember that one, Jim? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, simulation now, I guess they could pretty accurately simulate uh, the water landing uh, with the technology that they have now. But uh, flight attendants did a great job on 855, and um, I'm sure they did the same thing with uh, with uh, uh, the flight the miracle on the Hudson. Yes, Dorothy. No, I said they sure did. Um, that wasn't uh, anything that would give you alarm. They were so steady. I mean, uh, you just hope that everybody could do the same type of thing when it became necessary. But it yeah. sure kept everybody from panicking. Yeah. Well, we have this. It must be breaking news. Dorothy? We have some breaking news from this past week. Don, what do you have? Well, this is a little bit different story, but uh, let's listen and see what happens here. The dateline for this story is by Stephanie Pagones for Fox Business News, November 12, 2019. The city of Denver must hand over $300,000 to a United Airlines pilot wrongfully arrested was standing naked in front of his hotel room window, officials confirmed on Tuesday. <laughs> the, the claim dated back to September 20th, 2018, when Denver International Airport employees notified police that Andrew Collins of Leesburg, Virginia, could be seen unclothed and fondling himself in front of his 10th floor window at the Western at Denver International Airport, according to the press release and a report by Fox 31 in Denver. Collins was arrested and charged with indecent exposure, according to the earlier report, by the outlet. He pleaded not guilty with his attorney, Craig Silverman, arguing that being naked in a hotel room is not a crime and that Collins wasn't aware anyone could see inside. <laughs> the, judge, the judge later on dropped the charges. Quote, that's how we protect our rights, by holding people accountable. Unquote, Collins told the outlet, 
He had sought $1 million for his wrongful suit. United Airlines suspended Collins for six months, according to the report. Though he's resumed his role with the airline, Collins said he's reminded of the incident daily. I can imagine. Quote, I have to explain the situation every day without fail, unquote. He said, I have been tagged by Homeland Security. Anytime I get back into the country, I am pulled aside and asked if I've been in trouble with the law. Spokespersons for the hotel chain and United Airlines didn't immediately respond to Fox Business request for any comments. Quote, no further customers of the DIA Weston should be subject to such humiliation and, and clear violations of hotel patrons' constitutional rights, quote-unquote, Silverman said in a, re, in a uh, release. A hotel room is the equivalent of a person's home and warrantless and entries are presumptively unconstitutional. Customers' constitutional rights must be protected, unquote. This report updated to include details from the press release provided by Collins' attorney, Craig Silverman. Don, I've got to make a comment about that. Uh, breaking news. Back in the 60s, when I was flying a Convair, we had layovers uh, over at Louisville, Kentucky, and I forgot the name of the hotel. I want to say it was a Waterson or something like that, downtown Louisville. And uh, the co-pilot on the conveyor and the captain shared a room together. We didn't have separate rooms back in those days. And and um, the captain and I uh, got this room. And in this particular hotel, the design was that uh, they had a couple of wings uh to the hotel, or one wing, I guess, but uh, separated from my window to the window across the open space was probably about, oh, 20 yards at the most, maybe maybe a little bit more. And um, so at any rate, the, the window uh, was open and the uh, curtains were drawn back and, and you could see clearly outside. Now, it's late at night when we got in and checked into the room and um, I think it was either me that uh, I got the, my attention was uh, was captured by what I was seeing across that airspace in another room uh, across the <laughs> way. And I told the captain that, uh, hey, you ought to come over here and take a look at what's going on here. As it turned out, as it turned out, we watched the entire act, and true story, true story, curtains up on both sides, and, and we didn't turn our curtain, uh, uh, shut our curtain or our lights off, but uh, that, that was something else, and it was kind of like what this guy did, uh, I guess, uh, but he was, he was a solo act. We saw, we saw a guy and a gal, and uh, that was something else. That was back in my early days with Eastern Airlines. Dorothy, what else you got? Well, Jim, do we have more? I think you might. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting there laughing. I, that ever, <laughs> never happened to me it, on either end. Anyhow, uh, Dorothy, uh, Russia blames a fatal plane crash on the pilots, including the ones 
the one who lied to get his license. This is Dateline November the 14th of this year. That's just a few days ago at Moscow. Reuters. Here we go. A plane crash that killed all 50 people on board at Russia's Kazan Airport back in 2013 was a result of errors made by two pilots, including one who got his license using falsified documents. That's what Russian investigators said on Thursday the other day. The Boeing 737-500 was operated by the now-defunct Tartistan Airlines, which later had its license revoked by Russia's Federal Air Transport Agency, Rogosolaki or something like that. The plane from Moscow had been trying to abort its landing, I guess they mean it doing a go-around, when it nosedived into the runway and burst into flames. All 44 passengers and six crew members were killed. Russia's investigative committee said in a statement on Thursday it had concluded its investigation into the crash and said that pilot error was to blame. It said the aircraft's captain did not have sufficient piloting skills and made a series of errors, as did his co-pilot. It said the captain had obtained his pilot's license using falsified documents. Having no basic knowledge, skills, and experience as a pilot, he began to carry out passenger air flights as a pilot, the report said. The investigative committee said it had charged Valerie Fortinoff, who was then the deputy general director of Tatarstan Airlines, who it said had submitted the captain's documents containing, containing the false information in 2009. Anyhow, it said he was charged with violating air traffic safety rules, resulting in the death of two or more people, but there's a lot more than that, as we read. And this was reporting by Alexander Marra, edited by Andrew Osborne and Mike Solek White. So I guess hey, that's Jim, pretty reliable. Hey, Jim, does that uh, yeah. uh, bring back memories of uh, our pilot that didn't have uh, an airline transport pilot rating? Do you remember uh, that sure back does. in the 60s? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, he he falsified his pilot licenses, and then he moved up to the uh, Electra, and he falsified that one. And then he tried to falsify the DC-9, <coughs> and they caught him, and he was fired and went off to California. Nobody ever heard from him again. And I think he checked out his captain, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he was flying captain on the Convair and then the Electra. He told him yeah. he got the Electra flying the Electra in the Navy, you know, the patrol planes. Yeah. But when he tried to get on the DC-9, it fell through. Now, you know, he wasn't the only one. There was another guy. And uh matter of fact, when I went through 727 school back in 66, uh, he used to sit around the lobby, I mean, around our down in Mamoran and give us orals out by the swimming pool. He had been on the 727. And one day he never showed up. And he was checking out his captain on the nine, I guess. And he never showed up. We found out they fired him because he had did not have a valid uh, ATR license. And he tried to get one, and he sent it to himself, a telegram. But he said it came from the Civil Aeronautics Administration, <laughs> which went out of business back in the 40s. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> and I think he went out to California too and was never heard again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right, Dorothy, what else we have? Okay, well, Chuck, I think you have one also, don't you? I sure do, Dorothy. It's Dateline, November 14, 2019. Reuters. Boeing's company has abandoned a key automation system used to make fuselage sections for its 777 airliner and amid reports of reliability issues and will issue partly switch back to mechanics, the plane maker said on Thursday. The company began to build the 777 fuselages in 2015 in an upright orientation with robots drilling holes and installing fasteners, an initiative known as Fuselage Automated Upright Build, F-A-U-B. The world's biggest plane maker said it would stop using the system which according to industry sources, caused problems with reliability and rework issues. Boeing has faced delays last year when the FAUB machine was tired out on existing versions, oh, tried, I'm sorry, tried out on existing versions of the 777. Instead, the company will switch to FlexTrack, an automated method to drill holes along the circumference of the airplane that are then fastened manually. The system was developed by Boeing commercial airplanes and has been tested in commercial and defense program, company spokesman Paul Bergman said in an email statement. Implementation of the flex track for the 777 fuselage began in the second quarter and Boeing expects the transition to be completed by the year is in Bergman said. There's no planned changes in the total staffing, and the company continues to implement robotic systems in areas such as wing manufacturing for the 777X. The setback highlights continued pressure on the company's management at a time that it's trying to obtain approval to return its ground 737 MAX jetliners to service before the end of this year. Changes in production strategy for the 777 was reported earlier by Bloomberg. Mr. Producer. Well, uh, that's uh, our program. Uh, Don, uh, would you uh, care to tell us about what's happening on Thursday? Yeah, I sure would, Neil. Thank you. Uh I would like to invite all of our hosts and listeners to join us every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time when we bring you to the air Eastern Airlines music and history. We play the music of the greatest artists during the Eastern years and sprinkle it with a little Eastern history. Recently, we played music by Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, Nat King Cole, and so many, many others. We listened to it while we were working at Eastern. Call in and share your thoughts of the music and the artists we select each week. And tell us what you want to hear. We'd like to hear that from you. Now, let's see if we can get our guy, Mark Porter. He's our go-to guy. And bring us up to date with what's happening with Eastern 3.0. Are you out there, Mark? I am. Just came in. Um, there's actually quite a bit uh, going on with Eastern. The, uh, they have now two aircraft that are painted 
Uh, one is still remaining. Uh, two are still have their tails to be painted. One will be serving Guyana, and one will be serving Georgetown out of John F. Kennedy. Uh, both are 737, 767-300. Uh, um, they have uh, 214 economy seats and 30 business class seats, being bringing it to 244 versus the 265. So they'll probably have the most legroom in the sky, as well as the bags fly free. So I would expect uh, people from those countries to flock to Eastern instead of American Airlines or JetBlue, even though they have much better aircraft than, Amer- than Eastern does. Um, Eastern has now been approved for uh, Department of Defense. So it is now a Department of Defense airline and can expect to make quite a bit of money off that. Eastern's three 777s are coming on board in the first uh, quarter of 2020, and it remains determined what the 747-400 passenger jets are going to be enrolled in. Maybe they're John F. Kennedy nonstop to China. Um, Launch is December 5th to Guayaquil, and December 8th launch is to Guyana. that's about all we have for now. Aircraft are, they seem to be running out of aircraft because on the 762s, one is chartered to Kane West and one is a charter out of Miami to Santo Domingo, which runs daily. Uh, so that leaves them with just two 767s, 200s, and two uh, 763s are committed to Georgetown and to Guayaquil, and one as a reserve. That leaves one seven six three. So I would expect they needed to add five to eight seven six threes in two thousand and twenty. Any questions? You don't hear anything about domestic service, do you, Mark? No, there is rumor that the seven uh, six seven uh, seven three sevens that were N two seven seven and. 276 are coming back into Eastern's fold. And if that's the case, then that's the perfect mix for Eastern because those would be the aircraft that are based out of Miami and San Juan uh, for connections within the United States and within the Caribbean. Mark, this is Chuck. I I saw a little blurb about uh, Spirit Airlines is going with the eight with the A320s. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, yeah, I saw that too. Um, that's what I, my understanding is. That's a good choice of theirs. That's a very well-run airline. Um, um, I, I like. I see the airlines that have one type of aircraft, you know, whether it's JetBlue or Spirit or Frontier or Southwest. Those are usually the very profitable airlines. And I, I, I like that. Eastern has a 767, but I fear when they're, I see 767, 777s, 747s, I think they got to narrow that down. And if I think if they begin to run out of aircraft, I wouldn't hesitate to ACMI, let's say, three 787s from Norwegian who's desperate for cash and doesn't know what to do with their 787s. Next time, Mark, you get the ear of any of the corporate officers, uh, chief pilot or director of flight operations, or for that matter, the president of uh, the New Eastern Corporation, we sure like to have them on our show uh, to uh, talk to our 
uh, uh, many, many listeners. Um, mm, I've mentioned so. that too. I sent a sent an email to John Woolley. Uh, he's, I think, the reason that Eastern's around, and he's um, the driving force behind all this. And it's uh, one of the ones that uh, the got the CEO that they have, and is, is moving forward with everything. That Woolley family is pretty uh, committed here and very financially strong. Do they own the Swift Transportation Company, or is that uh, completely no, out of um, No, they bought 40% of uh, Swift Airline. So when it was sold, uh, Eastern basically, or the Woolley family, inherited the 40%, 38% that they had owned of uh, Swift Air. Uh, Swift Air now uh, is a huge, um, owned by a huge corporation, including an investment with Blackstone. So they have a lot of money of their own, and they owned N276, and Eastern owned N277. And it seems like the Wells Fargo Bank is letting the N276, which has come to the end of its lease, go back to Eastern Airlines. Um, and the, having 737s on board could be the perfect hookup. You could do a a John F. Kennedy Miami run back and forth. You could do a Miami uh, Orlando to see Mickey Mouse. Um, you can hook up a lot of smaller cities and then on onto the Caribbean. Um, I would think some a wide body, like in the old days, Pan Am and Eastern had wide bodies going into San Juan and all the small regionals out of San Juan. And I always thought that was a smart strategy then. Very good work, uh, Mark. Keep up the good Excellent. work and. We really look forward to your uh, updates of Eastern. Yeah, very much so. So thanks so much. Uh, Dorothy, what do we got coming up here? Well, Mr. Producer, here's what we have coming up. We have our next week program, which is once upon a long time ago. And following that will be our December 2nd. And we will not have a program on December 2nd nor will we have a Thursday show on Thanksgiving Day, November 28th. We will, however, have this week's Thursday program on November 21st, and that's with Tammy Wynette. Our Eastern Music One following that uh, will be another great show, which that will be determined. We're working on several right now. Uh, we have coming up on the Monday night program after December 2nd, which will be December 9th, we have honoring our Pearl Harbor veterans and would like everybody to uh, join us for that program to honor the veterans that do so much for us. Uh, we have uh, one Eastern member that just, or one member that just joined our Eastern group, uh, that's Stacy Spaz, who joined us today, and he is a male, 44. He is old from Texas, and he is a history enthusiast, so we want to welcome Spacey and encourage him to have him join us on a call and tell us more about him and his aviation interests. Um, members, please check our website, too, for news and get to know some of our members. You know, you can just click on the name or search for a title of uh, their name to see someone you may recognize from your days at Eastern because you can even communicate online with them right there on our website. Uh, we, too, want to mention that uh, 
We do appreciate all of those members who sent in donations so our program can continue to bring memories of Eastern and carry on their legacy. We, too, hope that they are listening and all of those will join us sometime and tell us a little bit about their memory of Eastern. All of the names have been posted on our website under our homepage sponsors tab. Uh, Remember, too, that donations of $40 or more will entitle you to receive a signed copy of Neil's popular Eastern Book of Memories, Wings of Many, and that's going to be free with your donation of $40. Please consider making a donation. As remember, it's the donations and sponsors that keep this radio show on the air. We feel our program is well-known, providing and offering Eastern family news and information as the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. Back to you, uh, Neil. Dorothy, you're right. Uh, A lot of folks don't uh, realize that if they're looking for an Eastern employee or a colleague or someone out there they know is with the Eastern, there might be a good chance that they can find that person by going to members, the roster. And uh, there's 1,036 people that are on board now. Yes, and and Neil, if they don't know their full name, they can put Jerry or Bob or That's right. That's right. And it'll pick up all of those people by that name because sometimes you'll find on our website it doesn't always say Gerald. It might say Jerry. It might not say Dorothy. It might say Dottie and so forth. So you have to look up several different ways, even the last name, because perhaps they signed in under their maiden name or uh, just their their initials. So try it several different ways. You can bring it up and uh, look right into it. It's great. Another good uh, feature that we have on the website is the photo album, Dorothy. Uh, You can put your own album on that page and uh, put as many pictures as you want to put in there. And uh, there are some interesting albums that you can go through just by going to the uh, photo album page. I forgot how to get there, but uh, I go to it from time to time. I've got my own little album on there. It's right under Members Roster. Right under that tab, you'll see a whole line of where you can go on the website under each tab, as a matter of fact. Um, And it's really interesting to see some of the pictures that are posted and the comments. And, of course, they have a lot of the antique vintage ones, too. Yeah. So that's a good thing. And remember, we have testimonials also of both the Monday and the uh, Thursday show so it's a lot of fun reading those, too, to see what people say about the shows. Oh, there's so much on the website. You've done a great job with it, uh, Dorothy, and Thank thanks you. so much for the, the time that you spend, um, which is uh, uh, a lot of time that you do, do uh, keep right. that updated. So, and yeah. remember, too, uh, folks, uh, I forgot to mention, Neil, that uh, Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Day, we will not have a program. I think I did uh, mention yeah, that. Yeah, you actually. mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, yes, you did. I just want to make sure that people realize we are not going to be broadcasting then or the following Monday. We do want to give our hosts a break and have them spend their time with the family around the holiday. I don't get paid uh. either. <laughs> 
or we'll, All we'll right, get folks. something done. Make sure your tray tables are up and your seat belts are fastened, fastened because here we come. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.